1: This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you. A little bit of social boy, I think. I don't know. What a weird week. A lot of news. If you consider no news, news. Great. Got Hockey stat miner on. Uh, have a little fun conversation with him about hashtag the vision and uh, some other nonsense as per always. Thank you all for supporting and let's get to the
0: show.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
1: Break fans, welcome to the Whisper's Breakaway. I am your host Ryan beat I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan. We are boast of theathletic.com where you can go subscribe for a dollar today. That's right. I think that was a native ad. Uh Gregory, say hello.
2: Come home yesterday or er, mid-afternoon uh-huh. from a weekend in the woods with some friends. Okay. Great weekend, disconnected from the world, but very tired as you would expect.
1: Best feeling though to disconnect. Like put, one of the best.
2: Put my shit down immediately.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: go down to my little betting notebook to write the bets I had won and lost for the weekend.
1: <laughs> so great As I'm finishing
2: writing in this betting notebook, Ryan, yeah. on the windowsill, I see a massive bee. Just big-ass motherfucker. Quick shout-out to way- the
1: big spider that used to be in your window.
2: Yeah, move. I've moved. Yes. Different apartment. So uh, I, I I seated the deed to that building to the spider gave up moved yep this bee i don't like bees we don't agree they lean one way i lean the other politically we were just we don't we don't there's no middle ground for us uh every time i see a story about the bees dying and how it's bad for the world i'm the guy in the background you might hear oh, wow. it,
0: um
2: anyway to be or not this to be me, ryan i'm just too tired to deal with it too fucking tired figured it's been in the house all weekend It'll figure itself out, right? Yeah. Go to bed. Wake up today, half hoping that the bee would be in the exact same spot. You know it's not. Of course. So now there's just this big ass motherfucker hanging around somewhere in the house. Mm-hmm. I got no idea where he is. No and, idea.
1: And he's hunting you right now. Is, is, that, is that our cold open for today?
2: <laughs> I believe so. I had. There's no other. I, I assume that bee has read every Tom Clancy book that's ever been in existence, and he's well, plotting some shit. He heard you talking.
1: Don't think he didn't hear. Every single time, he was taking notes. What? What if all the bees go extinct? Oh yeah, Gregory Kaplan going to his house. Yeah, I
2: now, uh, I now announce myself whenever I walk into a room to let the bee know that he can't surprise me. Right. So we have. That's that's how I'm doing today. We that's have my a, month
1: We have a great great show today. It is quiet in Rangers Town. Uh, we've done many many shows during quiet times. For Rangers Town. We are still waiting. For Ryan Strome, anything to drop in that point, or Brendan Lemieux in that case. So we won't really be talking about them much today until we get to Hockey Statminer, who is our good dear friend who's coming on for a nice chit-chat about the vision, the offseason, and everything like that. Uh, That all being said, Gregory, today the only news I could dig up today was from our friend AJ on Twitter. He did a running dialogue of the live Zoom press conference with Alexi Lafreniere and Braden the Josh Schneider. Uh, Supposedly, here's things I've learned. I wrote down a couple notes. Uh, Lafreniere is a giant gummy bear guy, which I think is a weird move.
2: No, I don't think it's a weird move. He's still a child. So he's still in the phase in which gummy bears are delicious.
1: Do you grow out of gummy bears? Is that a thing?
2: Uh, I think you grow into a phase where the gummy bear now needs to have some like THC in it. Got it. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, that, uh, shout out to New Jersey. See what happens there. <laughs> um, all right. Now, uh, let's go to the next actual point. So JD also stopped by and said, uh, uh, You know, these two two players are great leaders. What do you expect him to say? But he did answer a question on uh, two important topics, which I thought were worth nosy to actually talk about on the podcast. First, uh, this was JD on signing Jack Johnson. We were looking for a penalty-killing defenseman. Pitt was 10th in the league last year, and JJ is a workout fiend. He hits the gym a lot, and these young players are going to see how it's done and how hard you have to work and how much time you have to put in. So, the guy really is in the weightlifting. So, there you go. That's why we signed him. He's a PK. Yeah, I just,
2: the, the, the PK point, again, it's, John Davidson can say that, and it's factually correct. The Pittsburgh Penguins were a great penalty killing team. No lie. Which is why it's great that Jacques Martin is here with the New York Rangers. Marty He's going to help the Rangers tremendously in that regard. Uh, but every time anyone brings up that point, it's important to point out that the Pittsburgh Penguins penalty kill was significantly worse when Jack Johnson was on the ice for them.
1: To Their penalty them. kill
2: without Jack Johnson would have been one of the three best in the league. So yes, it was a top 10 penalty kill unit in the league. That is true. No one can refute it. But it is also irrefutable that when Jack Johnson was killing penalties with the Pittsburgh Penguins, they simply were not as good. They were more. They were closer to average than they were top of the league.
1: And first and of all... It, See the ticket holders on that Zoom call. How dare you not have a follow up with that yeah. journalistic question? God damn it! I listened to Shirts Breakaway. I know the stats. They're worse with J.J. on the on the PK. There you go. Um, I, I agree with you, Gregory. There, no surprise. And the other thing that uh, J.D. happened to talk about during this press conference that I thought was of note was Jesper Fast. Now, uh, this kind of confirms our suspicions and even something of a rant. Not rant, rather, um, the opinion you gave on this podcast. Sometimes you rant, but I think this was more of an opinion. Uh, yeah, the, I never rant. I don't the, know what you're talking the about. The quote was, that was a long conversation. Jesper Fast is a great hockey player and a very good person. Can you give a good person a long contract when you have people coming up on the right side? Mm, you just have to make changes and move along. We're obviously going to miss him. So they feel like they have too many young, different opportunities. It was more about term than it was about the contract, and we kind of dissected that a couple weeks ago back, but this just confirms it. Yeah. Yeah, nothing really else there. I'm going to no. miss Jesper. Uh, it's going to be tough without him, especially on the penalty kill, but God bless all these people uh, <laughs> to do that moving forward. Let's move on to the other news of the week, which I think is just Vitaly off. That's literally it. Injured for a very long time, came back to the KHL, continues to sort of light it up um, while we sleep, quote-unquote, from our good friend AJ Ranger, who's a good giffer. Give him a follow. And uh, is it weird calling someone a good giffer? That feels strange.
2: You do you, man.
1: Thank you. Uh, Anyway, so AJ's a good giffer. At that point, uh, Vitalik Krafsov seems to be moving along just fine. I don't really have much analysis onto what he's doing. I maybe we'll, I'm sure we'll talk to Hockey Stat about what his role could be in the future, but if I'm being perfectly honest, uh I would just like to see him continue to be good. And there's nothing else other analysis I could bring from Kraftstoff playing well in the KHL. It's all positive signs. I still think he'll play the entire season in the KHL and then come over.
2: Yeah, he's healthy. He's scoring. I don't know what else anyone really wants at this point in time.
1: It's really that like, that's it. Do you oh, want him
2: Do you want him to also Create a vaccine for the coronavirus while he's over there would be nice. That's, right. that's just about all that's that's all else he could do, I guess, right? That would directly help the Rangers.
1: That's it, that's the only thing he can do. Uh, yeah, get the hockey season started at this point in time and get a date. I, I can't, the only other thing in here I have in my notes for the open, Gregory, is that the NBA is sort of set a date for the return of play, and this is all subject to change. We're not fools here, we know that this is uh. All up in the air in this case. But I believe their their date is December 22nd. I could be wrong. Let me double check again. But no,
2: that, that, I just I actually just saw I I, I want to say it was on the ringer that I saw um that date pop up. And then someone was interviewing Danny Green about how he felt in terms of that date sticking. And Danny Green's general consensus was like if you want that to be the date, none of the top guys are going to play for a month. And he specifically said LeBron James would probably not want to play until sometime in mid-January, so he'll just sit the first month of the season out. So, needless to say, Ryan, don't think that's going to be the date. That's hmm. all I'm going to say.
1: Well, that was a quick retort to my story, but I wa- <laughs> my point here was I wonder if the NHL will follow in that steed after you've no. said that. I don't no. believe No, Well, that. the
2: NHL's already announced that, you know, they're they're essentially not starting before January 1st, and nobody believes they'll be able to start on January 1st, so... Uh, the, if, if you follow the tea leaves, and if you follow enough people that say they have insiders, um, people just continue to hear a February date. So I'm just going to continue to believe a Valentine's Day start to the season, and I I will have to be convinced otherwise at this point.
1: I think I'm with you. Uh, there's there's so much in play right now, and uh, and a lot a lot in the air to see, especially with the Canadian government, and uh, it depends on what they do with the coronavirus testing at the borders. Uh, which they said they might change that this week. So there's a lot that has to be solved. With with the NBA, they only have one Canadian team. Uh, so that wouldn't be the issue because they probably just play in the USA, similar to what happened in the MLB. But uh, when it comes to the uh, NHL, and you may not believe this, there's a lot of Canadian teams, so that does play a big part into this. Other than that, I have literally no hot takes about the Rangers this week. It is dry out there. And we'll be talking about the vision with our good friend Hockey Statminer. Gregory, the one question I want to follow up with you, and maybe we'll talk more about this uh, when it comes to the five-star question segment later. Uh, how hard was it watching the World Series when the Mets were there? Because I have to tell you, I'm dying.
2: Oh, it was the worst. Um, it's, it's not a fun experience, dude. No. Like, I, 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 it,
1: I had a, a miserable weekend. I want to say this. Yeah.
2: It, it was... Game, game four was unlike anything I've ever seen. I, I, I can't compare it to another game I've ever watched.
1: I, Gregory, elated. I couldn't go to bed. I stayed up till 3.30 a.m. I was like, oh, my God, the Rays are going to do it. This is incredible. This is, I, I I was, like, in tears. And then Game 5 happened, and I was like, oh, no. Like, I couldn't couldn't play off Kershaw, come hang out one more time. And it just, they had so many chances and just couldn't make it happen. But it's been an emotional ride all week, and now we go to Game 6. Uh, and we'll talk more baseball back at the end, so you guys can, don't have to hear this if you're listening for Rangers. Uh, but it's it made me think for a second when was the last time i felt this way about a hockey game and i think it was the ottawa
2: series like i think no see, here's here, the difference between I, i've said this on the podcast before mm-hmm. so i'll say it again now. yeah baseball as someone who has a rooting interest in a team and play is unlike any of the other sports like because in In basketball, in hockey, in football, there are ebbs and flows in the game. There are moments where something could happen, but the stress isn't there with every waning second. There are moments in a hockey game where you're kind of able to relax just a little bit. With baseball, it's the unpredictability of every pitch and how every pitch is more important than the pitch previous. It's impossible to find a down moment, utterly impossible. There, there's no such thing as a safe lead. There's no such thing as a throwaway pitch. There's no situation that makes you feel safe and secure. There are times in playoff hockey games where you're kind of just going with the motion, the flow rolling with the wave and you're going through the motions. It doesn't think exist. You can, in baseball.
1: If, if you're up three, nothing in hockey, most of the time, I kind of agree with you like where you could like kind of ho- hopefully coast to a playoff win. I, wa- I wonder if you ask Carolina fans out there how stressed they were when they beat the living hell out of the Rangers this play-in season. Uh, and I I can imagine it was very much not stressed. I kind of agree with you in the aspect of like every single pitch has been brutal for my brain <laughs> and my emotions. But there were there are like very few times when in hockey, especially when you become – uh, totally relaxed like they, they are there you can get more relaxed but in a one goal game usually i would say that the, the intensity is matched uh, especially in the game seven overtimes etc you know how that goes but there is it is strenuous to survive a world series and it's been really really tough i don't know if i'll ever get back and that's why i'm trying to win this one it's hard
2: yeah i don't i don't think anything comes close to playoff baseball in terms of constant level of stress ranger o- hockey o- i overtime don't over
1: time it has to be close
2: overtime hockey especially game 7 no but i'm not ta- i'm not talking about you're talking about the entire yeah game. but at the same time bases loaded nobody out in a one run lead in a baseball game it's like a- i'm no. not talking about i'm talking about just baseline level of stress where you start the game it's stressful. no other sport starts higher stress than baseball oh. everything every pitch in baseball is a nightmare there are moments in hockey games in a normal playoff hockey game that you can relax a little bit that moment does not exist in baseball. It's crazy. It's not there. I'm not saying a game seven overtime. I'm not saying a oh, one goal our lead. Our good friend is here. Hold on. Let's take,
1: let's take a quick break and transition. And then hold on. Hold on. Don't say anything yet. Then I'll introduce you. Okay, here we go. We'll be right back. Transition. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the day. We have our good friend, Hockey Statminer, who's here to recap the whole off season and chill with the boys. How are you doing, HSM? Can I call you that?
3: Uh, you know, Mika's fine. I kind of. Okay. I low key hate that handle name, by the do way. Do you?
1: That makes me want to say it's, it more. You uh, know it's, that. It's,
3: it's like in the ether now, so I can't change it. But
1: All right. Well, how do you spell it, what Mika, in this case? M I K K A? What are you doing?
3: Uh, you know, an M and then yada, 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 Okay. An A and, you know, yeah. Whatever you got to do.
1: Okay. But just get it done. I like that attitude. Uh, we were talking briefly, right before we started recording, about the week Henrik Lundqvist uh, got bought out by the New York Rangers. <laughs> and um, <laughs> a good time, you know. It feels like months ago at this point. Um, and we were recapping what happened that week. Uh, can you remember things that went wrong that week for me, out of curiosity?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was telling Ryan before the break. It's like, okay, Hank gets flat out. Like it sucks for all of us, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like Ryan, <laughs> I'm just like imagining Ryan. Like, oh, this this week can't get any worse. And then Vince comes out like the next couple of days. Like, That's by fun. the way, I'm starting to podcast. I'm gonna <laughs> just try and eat into the rangers podcast market share
1: then first that says (laughs) the city's big enough for the two of us clearly it is not (laughs) it's a ghost town and no one's there anymore so i'm trying to scounge up all the new york ranger fans i can it's tough out here can't live fucking bits man um let's get right into the nitty-gritty of weird things who are your remaining free agents if any the rangers could sign or say hello to some some vatan rumors the other day some uh, some scr- some scratches and crumbs out there. Do you have anything on the plate that you're cooking up in that respect?
3: Whew, free agents. Um, you could say no right, right away. Is... What's that? You could say no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, you know, there's that kind of bargain bin of, like, guys that didn't get contracts early on and they signed for way less than they probably should later on. But the thing with the Rangers is, like, once we're kind of waiting on the Strom and Lemieux deals to come through but you know by any stretch of the imagination once those two get done it's kind of like rangers have a full plate so at least from a salary cap standpoint it's like i don't know i mean you know you can always add someone for like super cheap but um like at least the operating assumption i have now is they're gonna they're gonna tie up strome they're gonna tie up lemieux and then like that's kind of it like maybe trades happen maybe like they'll sign you know, someone who shouldn't be a free agent right before the you know, who knows? But like the salary cap really is a point where it's like they can't they can't really move much without you know it's like a it's like a puzzle where it's like you have to move one piece to put another in you know it's it, they're kind of stuck.
1: Yeah, it seems, in the
2: uh... in the non-Jack Johnson category here. Was there a move the Rangers didn't make this off season that kind of surprised you?
3: Um, you know, I really thought that Smith would go instead of Stahl. Like, obviously, Stahl caught us all by surprise. Cause it's like, I didn't even know he could be traded. <laughs> I thought he had a full... I thought sum. that wasn't allowed. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, just goes to show how much we know. Um, But yeah, like, I would have bet, like, okay, if the Rangers are going to trade a kind of clunky contract defenseman to free up some space, like, it would totally be Smith uh, to a low-budget team like Ottawa... 'Cause his contract is front loaded, he's in the last year, so his cap hit is way higher than his actual salary and teams that are operating on internal budget would be attracted to that. But uh being moved and Smith still being here. Like that 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 kind of like, wow, wouldn't wouldn't have guessed that. But here we are.
1: Here we are. Um one question I've kind of been wondering with you is you're a you're a cap wizard, you're a spreadsheet uh manifestor. Um I was trying to think of other cool <laughs> things to call you, but I couldn't. Uh, so that's it, There's I guess. No cool yeah, that's it. Um, is there something that's like a misconception that you get a lot? Like, what's the question you get a lot that you have to explain more than anything else? If there is any about the cap, like about the cap, about like you know, like what if someone's on your spreadsheet and they're looking and you have like all this, uh, you know, looking towards the future, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, et cetera, and you have like these wonderful sheets <laughs> that show everything. What's the one question that you like are sick of answering in your life?
3: <laughs> well, uh, hashtag the vision has got to be up there. I mean, that's like—I the, the, <laughs> guess we'll get into it I'll now. Get, like people, yeah, no. I mean, that's—I can't tell you how many times people like are like tag me and they're like hashtag division, and it's like that's not no, that, that's not it. Um, the vision, actually, it was coined by Fitz, believe it or not, like a couple of years ago, and it was, it was a running joke that kind of became a thing where. The Rangers kind of like eat a bad contract or something, but they get a draft pick for it, and that's like kind of the name of the game of the rebuild. Like if you're a rich team rebuilding, uh, um, but now how people like be like, oh, you know, trade Strom for a second round pick, like hashtag division, and it's like no, 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 that's that's something totally different. That's uh, that's something that you know is plausible. I can kind of explore that, but that's no, that's not division. Um, But as far as this season, the performance bonus stuff has kind of been a a kitschy thing um, where it's kind of complicated and it's kind of hard to explain like in a sheet, in a cap sheet. Um, But basically what it is is if a team has enough performance bonuses up to a certain level, uh, it's seven and a half percent of the cap ceiling. So doing the math, it's like. 6.1 million. If you have more than that, everything over that kind of counts against you, but it doesn't. Um, In this case, it's the Rangers have all these wonderful young contracts, but the the performance bonuses are like I don't know, like 10 or 11 million or whatever it is. So everything above 6.1, it kind of counts against the cap, but it doesn't. It's like money they can't spend. But as those players earn uh, performance bonuses, um, you know, like Kakko, Igor, Lafreniere, uh, and a lot of people have little ones. Um, those, if they, as they earn those, that overage is going to, like, kind of, those bonuses will eat into that money charged against. But technically, they just can't spend it until the end of the season. But it's it's really hard to explain.
1: <laughs> yeah, I honestly, um, I still don't get it that much. I know that they can only spend a certain amount because of the bonuses, and that's where I was confused. I I even saw like some pretty like who I thought were in the know, like hockey people, that going into the free agency were like, "Wow, the Rangers have so much cap space to do to to do whatever they want," uh, and that just was not the case.
3: Right? Yeah, and it it, it it's like how uh, explain it. It's it, it kind of, it was kind of made so that you, there's two ways you can get performance bonuses. You can be a rookie and like get performance bonuses, or you can be over 35 and get performance bonuses. And the idea was kind of like, okay, well, you can't stack the team with, you know, Joe Thornton and Henrik Lundqvist and you know all these guys where you pay them nothing like as base salary, but then you know, oh, they play 40 games, they get five, you know, five million. Like you can't do that. But with the Rangers, it's kind of this like it's very uncommon for a team to have this many high quality entry level contracts. So basically, long story short, this team is going to have a four million overage in performance bonuses. So that kind of counts against the cap with them. But at the end of the season, wh- whoever earns what, like if Lass uh, you know dominates and yep. like earns his two and a half million, if Igor dominates and earns his you know two and a half million. Like that month, that overage, like that'll take care of it. Like there won't be a bonus, there won't there won't be a carryover to next season. But in the meantime, like you can't, you have to treat that money like it's already being spent. Does does that make sense?
1: Yep, I think I think so. Gregory, do you get it?
2: I do. No, I. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 you you keep putting money into your Roth IRA and you can't take it out. And if you take it out, you get penalized. God,
1: right?
2: <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's it. That That's how I'll think about it. So it's just the, the Rangers keep putting more money in the Roth IRA. You can't. And at the end of the year, the Roth IRA will close. The Rangers will get that money back, maybe with a little interest on it, bing, bang, boom. But that money's not available to them right now.
1: Like, it would be a bad idea to take all your money out of your Roth IRA and put it on Lafreniere being the colder, right? Because that's stupid.
3: You guys shouldn't joke about the Irish Republican Army. I'm just saying that right <laughs> now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but it's the Tim Roth Irish Republican Army, so we're doing fine. Got it. <laughs> um, no,
3: it's – And also just like as like a cap nerd for the Rangers, like this has never been any – like never have the Rangers had like stacked entry-level contract upon stack, you know. Um, so this is kind of like new territory for us. Um, it has kind of happened with other teams, but it, – it, it, Like, literally, like, the CBA kind of didn't expect a team to have this many stacked ELCs. That's kind of, like, the the more or less of it, and the Rangers are kind of a little more uh, handcuffed because of it.
1: I guess the the Lightning didn't really have this either, because a lot of their potential superstars were from later than the first round, too. So it's like they had those bonus deals.
3: Right, yeah. It it really is, like, more of a—it's, like, drafts pedigree. Like, if you're taking, like, at the tippy-top of the draft, like, you're going to get it. Um, but it's also the dudes that do four years of college and then become free agents. Like Kevin Hayes had a max, um, but he was like the only one, right? Got it. Um, So, but like the the way it works, it's 7.5% of the cap ceiling. So Mm -hmm. 7.5% of 81.5. Like it's not meant to like usually – Yeah, like usually like you have to try – you have to like go out of your way to try to puncture it, but the Rangers have just had such, you know, let's – you know success really with getting these young players in such a short period of time this year is like kind of a burden for it but next year it's gonna like shave off a lot because Igor is gonna be done Mm -hmm. and that's he's one of the max and it'll be it'll probably be a little bit next year but like not you know a four million performance bonus overage is like I don't know the exact history but it's got to be crazy it's got to be up there you know what I mean
1: when does the narrative of Kako's performance bonus is actually hurting this team's chances to win start? When people start turning on the Lord and Savior himself? This year? <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to make up a new NHL conspiracies. That's kind of my new gig.
3: <laughs> I'm sh- <laughs> down with conspiracies. Don't, don't worry about that. Um, no, you, you, next year it's going to wind down because Igor is going to be off his contract, so that's going to like shave $3 million off the performance bonuses okay okay um nil's one chris if he comes over he'll probably get some assuming uh keandre miller is a roster regular like he'll have some but it, like this is the worst it's gonna be i'll put it that way like next year maybe it'll be like one or two mil or whatever it is.
1: doesn't help that but, they have like 80 million dollars in dead cap space from buyouts so
3: right yeah that kind like, of ne- next hurts. year's
1: gonna
3: like next summer is gonna be like this weird like you know imagine walking around next year with five pound ankle weights and then like you know july 1st or whatever they get taken off like that's how it's gonna be yeah really all
1: right well i guess one of the things i want to talk about also with you at this point in time is do you think the contention window is sort of open next year because this year, we I think we could all agree, like, maybe this year is still another year for hashtag the vision. Which I used that wrong because we're not taking any contracts or anything like that. But uh, it, it, to use your terminology as eating shit for draft picks. And um, I think in this case, losing another year where you're terrible is sort of uh, eating shit for draft picks. You talked about just a second ago, hey, I like NHL conspiracies. Did we sign Jack Johnson for the vision to get one more high draft pick? I'm out here. I'm out here grinding. I'm making content. What do you want?
3: Oh yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, you know the perfect definition of the division is what Detroit did to us. Like Detroit, divisioned us, where they they eat one year of stall and they get a second round pick. Um, but no, as far as the contention window, yeah, it, it, it's really going to open up next summer. Um, not only because the Rangers have a bunch of dead cap evaporate but you're also going to be on the other side of the expansion draft. And that's really important because it's like if you've tried to trade, you know, let's say Gurdjieff, D'Angelo, Buchnevich, you know, whoever, mm-hmm. the whole market is revolved around, you know, hey, we have to be able to protect whoever we get. Uh, you know, how much can we offer for a guy where he's going to cost one of these limited protection spots? Um, so as soon as that's over, you know, it, it it's like, yeah, okay, the Rangers have a lot of dead cap going off but it's also, like, this kind of inherent trade barrier that the expansion draft represents that's lifted. All of a sudden, you know, teams that were maybe interested in Gorgiev this year, but it's like, oh, well, we have to protect him, so maybe we don't want to offer as much as we could. Like, that's gone. So, yeah, next year is going to be totally different. Um, As far as Jack Johnson, yeah, uh, Johnson and, I guess, Strom, if you want to, like, maybe guess where – I'm guessing he's going to get a one-year deal. We don't know, but that's kind of a good guess. Um, Those guys can totally get traded at at the deadline and the Rangers get picks. Um, But, you know, it it just seems so silly to trade Mark Stahl for a second-round pick to get one year of cap space so you can afford Strom, so you can trade Strom and hopefully get, what, like the same pick? I mean, Mm -hmm. if if you get a late first for Strom at the deadline, that's like a marginal upgrade from what we paid to get rid of stall to keep Strome in the first place. I that that's that whole stall trade thing, like that was just such a that was like like I think we were all cool with like, okay, Rangers don't have cap space. They're gonna peel another year, a lot of dead cap, and then we'll we'll go we'll you know, we'll change gears next summer. And that whole stall trade it was like it really threw it threw me for a loop. I think it threw
2: most of us for a loop.
1: Oh absolutely I think
2: that's a- that, that's a good point you bring up, though, about the stall trade in Strom because the belief from a lot of people, us included, is that the New York Rangers don't see Ryan Strom as a long-term piece of the future. It's a big reason why there hasn't been long-term contract talks with him. It's a big reason why his name's been out in trade rumors. Jeff Martin himself on draft day basically said, look, we didn't get anything we liked, so we didn't trade him, but you know we were talking about him. Um, say the Rangers are bad again next year, which I think the three of us would agree they're probably going to be. So that second round pick is going to be somewhere between, we would think the 40 to 45 range probably. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah be a it, and Ryan Strone, the only teams that are going to be interested in him are going to be a contender. Mm-hmm. Are the Rangers even likely to move up 15 spots in the draft in a Ryan Strome trade? When you all things are considered.
3: You know, it kind of reminds me of like um, a couple of years ago when the Rangers went out and got McQuaid. Um, it, they, I forget the exact pick. But like they traded a pick for one McQuaid's last contract year and they played him and then they traded him with a deadline and they got the same pick back. But because it was a contender, they like, basically they moved down in whatever, like third round, fourth round, whatever it was. Four, it was a fourth like round. They moved pick. down, fourth round, back. Okay. They moved down in the fourth round for one year of McQuaid. And it's kind of just like, couldn't you just sign a defenseman free agent and just keep your pick? I mean, like the whole point, like if, if the Rangers are just going to peel, like peel a card off the deck and just kind of make their moves next summer, like why wouldn't you just hold on to that second round pick? And, and I mean, I guess, you know, the, the money's tight, but – the whole point of peeling a deck, uh, peeling a card off the deck and kind of being marginal next year, let's say is you like the one benefit is like you get rewarded in the draft. So trading the 40th or 45th overall pick to get rid of stall and you keep strong and you use the savings on Johnson. It's like, it's just one of those like lateral at best moves. You know what I mean? Like that was the whole season. That was the whole story of the off season was, it's like, at best, it's a lateral move, at best.
1: Right, they feel like they have the pieces already in place. I mean, they already have, like you said, we're loaded with the ELCs and young emerging players, but you always want to be moving towards that, we're building towards a dynasty goal, and that wasn't really like a, what we consider gaining value. It wasn't, it might have been lost value, but it wasn't exactly gaining value either. And I wonder if they feel like they gained value with J.J. By, uh, that's what I'm calling him now, by the way, J.J., and uh, we're close. Um, if if um, if I wanted to be by gaining value by JJ bringing like the leadership and like work ethic etc., or I'm not really sure, or they gain value going back to my conspiracy because by getting a higher draft pick next year, by having him on the team.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the fact that they they hired Marcan and like Johnson has played in Pittsburgh, like it's probably just you know Johnson's his boy, and they're probably. Over- like, the weirdest thing, like, the fucking weirdest thing with the Rangers is, like, defensemen. It's like, Lundqvist and Miller look like these terrific late ra- late first-round picks. And then they'll go out and, you know, <laughs> they'll pay a second-round pick to replace Stahl with J- Johnson. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like this weird, like, thing where it's like hit or miss. You know what I mean?
2: Um, well, the Penguins just but, did this,
1: too. I mean, you know, they got rid of Johnson. They bought him out so we could have him. And then they went out and did something similar to we did. So,
2: yeah, they they signed Cody Cece,
3: which is everybody loves that. Like, welcome to the NHL. Yeah, the Rangers didn't didn't sign Johnson. They signed Tc. Um, You know, like, and other people have said this, but the one thing with me is like, you know, like they could they could have signed John Merrill. Like, oh, that would have been so good. Like the same money, same term. He signed for a little less in Detroit. Like. Oh, that would like I I real like I'm 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 basically the opinion that if you replace Stahl and Howden with like quote unquote replacement level players, like you'll see a difference pretty pretty goddamn quick. And just to uh, do that to get to get Stall off the books and then replace you know obviously their whatever remained of that cap savings they've spent on Johnson, it's like oh lateral move at best, man. I mean Johnson, John. You know, I'm not the first one to say Johnson's brutal. Really?
1: Whoa! Hold on. Let me break this. Breaking news: Mika says Jack Johnson is brutal. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Aggregators,
2: go ahead. You you brought up you you did bring up the man rocket who can get it. Yeah. So it's I am wondering if you are of the same opinion that I am. I have now convinced myself to no end that the last two years of the Rangers saying really nice things about him, giving him more opportunities than he's probably deserved or earned. This is all setting up for the Rangers to allow Seattle to take him and convince Seattle that they're getting a good player.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I if we're if we bring up these fans drafts, this this is like this is how we stand, right? Assuming let's assume that Strong signs a one year deal, right? let he goes to arbitration arbitration has to be one year. It can't be two years. It has to be one year. So let's say Strom does one year and then whatever. The expansion draft is basically going to boil down to there's Julian Gauthier, uh, Brett Howden and Brendan Lemieux. The Rangers can protect two of those three. So one of those guys is going to get left out in the cold. And that's probably like the best option for Seattle. And this is, you know, this is obviously right now that we're a whole year away. Um, so that's kind of, that's the, that's the brass tacks of it. <laughs> it's, I think it's optimistic to say like Rangers were planning ahead for the Seattle draft, like, you know, two and a half years ahead, but whatever. But like, yeah, that that's like, as far as this season is concerned, it's Gautier, Lemieux, Howden. And it's like one of those guys, like, is going to get left out in the cold as far as we know right now. Like they could add someone or whatever, but that's the expansion draft, like that's, where we're at right now. And yeah, you know, honestly, I could totally see Lemieux and Gauthier protected, having left out in the cold. Who's Seattle going to take? It's like Howden,
1: or Hayek Hayek,
3: or Kincaid. Like that's, that's your three. So, well, Um, let me tell you
1: why Keith is the right person to take. Great guy, good personality, (laughs) great in the locker room, great in social media. Like, Hey, you'll kill it with the emoji game.
3: Uh, so I was actually up, ha- I, I was Long really Island. happy when they yep. signed him. Good. I was like super happy when they signed him because I'm like, oh, like he's your guy's friend. Like <laughs> we have a friend on the Rangers now. How cool is
1: that? <laughs> yeah, he grew up a Ranger fan, so I think this, he's pretty excited. Uh, if he ever gets a start and we're allowed to be there, uh, we'll be front row center screaming or hey, it's heads off, and he'll definitely hate it. So There you go. <laughs> um, with I just did the um thing. I'm trying to stop saying um, but I can't do it. I don't know what's wrong with me. Pro- actually, I know what's wrong with me. Everything. There you go. With with that all being said, <laughs> Leah Anderson was sort of traded at the draft. Did That surprise you at all? Uh
3: no. I mean, it's kind of like the chances were that like he was going to get dealt. I, I I thought maybe like one chance was like they would hold on to him because he was actually if you talk about expansion draft, like he was expansion eligible. Yeah. So like if he like rebuilt his um, resume over in Europe. And then you know Seattle's looking at oh do we take you know Brett Howden Libra Hayek or you know Lise Anderson who just had a great year in Europe I mean like you know there's kind of, it, it, almost like a a floating bargaining ship maybe there or to like not because you know I mean I think the writing was on the wall that Lias was not uh, long for the Rangers franchise after he left so unceremoniously um, but no I mean at I I the other hand it's kind of like you know It it makes sense the Rangers would uh, at this you know how many more how much how much longer are the Rangers going to rebuild? We don't know, but it's probably you know more often than not it's going to be less. So it's like yeah, liquidate Elias while you could. Um, A late second though is kind of like, I mean you know didn't we didn't we get more for Bob Sanguinetti than we did with Elias? Like, but you know it is what it is.
1: It is at this point. I, I, I mostly brought him up because I did think he would be, like, the potential pick for the Seattle expansion. But to get, I guess, a right. late, late right. second-round pick and a player that they like in Cooley, a very cool pick. Nice. Thanks, Ryan. Um, <laughs> yeah, It's it's a brutal week for us, okay? Just stick Just with me. On
2: a weekly basis, I deal with this, Mika.
1: It's <laughs> your one Monday night. This is me every week. Twice a week, actually, which makes it way worse. Um, i'm sick of the, it too. The second, i like to imagine you guys like actually
3: hate each other
2: <laughs> it's not so secret it's uh we talk to each other only on the show and Look, the things the things that made mike and the mad dog so great in the early 90s late 90s early 2000s because those guys didn't like each other and we're just trying to replicate that and i think we're doing a great job
1: it's true it's true we're out here grinding every single day hating each other we try and keep it too we, we have fights uh to, to purposely keep the intensity between us it's like kind of like training. It's nice. Um
3: Are you guys still at the are you, are you guys still at the consecutive streak like 100? Like yeah. 100... Yes, we'll welcome. To now.
1: Welcome to uh, episode 258. 2 weeks from now we will have our 5 year anniversary of never missing a show. And we have special guests lined up such as nobody. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah well in my defense again i was in a cabin for a weekend with I, uh,
1: I wasn't attacking you there Gaga, unfortunately
2: i just uh this, this is this is the bullshit mika yeah. comes on here starts stirring the pot i wasn't little attacking little too much you, i promise uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. oh me <laughs> couldn't, be. <laughs> couldn't be you i'm sure yes, we'll have the some. guy
2: the guy who the guy who trades goods for elk meat is coming on here and disturbing shit. 20 deer pizzas 20
1: pizzas is worth a deer period end of story especially an 8 pointer. Uh, just saying it. I've learned a lot about you hunting.
3: Guys you guys don't even know what you're talking about, but continue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could use that as the open of the show for the next 20 years, uh, if we're alive. Um 20 years like, like like we'll be doing the show then. That's pretty funny. Um but yes, it's uh it's been an interesting off season. I don't know what to expect and I don't know when to expect hockey again. Uh, do you have any? Obviously, you're an expert analysis in analysis, and not only economics but also uh, disease control. When do you th- expect the NHL to come back?
3: <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm an expert in disease control in the sense that I take penicillin until it
2: stops hurting the pee. Great, so that's that's my expertise. Great job. No, um. <laughs> happy happy to hear that you no, pee uh... regularly. Good for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show's Fucking gone off. This got off the rails yeah. now. This is never. This is this is not going to make
3: it there, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, it's making um, it to air. Oh yeah, <laughs> that totally it made yeah, it Yeah. No, we'll get we'll a message
1: that's like, hey, can you please take that out? And then we'll take it out. Yep. <laughs>
3: um. No. You know, the one th- interesting thing is like, if there's going to be a shortened season, which mm-hmm. like there there is. I mean, it, it's going to happen. Um. It, like it kind of benefits the crappier teams versus the better, like, if you're a really if you're the best team in the league like, in theory, let's just say in theory, you want you want a hundred game season, you know what I mean? Because the more games you play the less, like, luck factors in, so if you're the best of the best the more you play, the less luck, you know, matters whereas if you're maybe the Rangers and you're kind of on, on the fringe and, like, it's kind of, maybe you'll make the playoffs, maybe you won't you know a 40 a 40 or 50 game season could be huge um you know one thing is like think of Igor where it's like imagine if he just goes like out of his mind for a week or two um and you know the game you know he could steal games it's like you know if you steal a couple of games in a 40 or 50 game season you know that's like double of what it normally would be um so i i do think of that where it's like okay if, if it's going to be a 48 game season like who knows what swings i mean imagine you know imagine if a who whatever the team Imagine someone's hurt for a month in a 48-game season. Like, that's huge.
2: That's massive.
3: Uh, So I do, like, think, like, people are, you know, I I do tend to agree. It's like the Rangers better, like, more or less, the Rangers are probably going to be the same. It's like, who the hell knows, but it's like, that's what the offseason is telling me. Um, But if it's going to be a shortened season, it's like, oh, yeah. Like, if you're not an elite team, like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's – Let's roll the dice and let's let's hope for some for some good luck waves. Um so we'll see. I I'm I'm interested to see if uh, like if Igor starts for like let's say like 75% of the games, like what's that going to mean like in terms of standing points? You know what I mean? Like if if Igor really is and I dare say like if Igor really is Hank 2.0, like imagine Hank like think of Hank 10 years ago where it's like you know 2009, 2010, 2011 like he dragged these sub average teams to the playoffs, like through <laughs> sheer will. And it's like, you know, 40, 50 game season. Like I could totally see Igor doing that. So that's, that's my, that's my take as far as next season. I mean, who the hell knows?
1: One of the things that I find most interesting there is like how it affects the game experience, because I, I think 82 games is too much. I really, I've been on record saying this. I think uh, the lesser amount of hockey games you have actually brings up the excitement for hockey fans, and also increases the quality of games. Like, I, I think the players will be more fresh. They'll be more active. And th- since the games matter more, and they clearly do, there'll be more to, of an emphasis to bring sort of your A game instead of sort of taking the nights off or um, going out and partying the night before. Like, uh, uh, you know, they have the the right to do whatever they'd like before before games. But I think if they, were, they would take the, ser- the season a little more seriously if it was 60-ish games. I don't think we're going to get to 60, but I think we'll end up around the 70 number. Uh, Cause I know Gregory, what point you'll make here is that they're going to, they're going to stop before the Olympics.
2: Well, it, it, it's not, they're not going to have a choice, right? Like if they want a major television provider to show their uh, games, it's not going to be NBC and NBC owns their rights. So at, at some point the decision is going to get made for them and you're going to get to a point in mid July where con- contractually NBC is going to tell them nothing we can do. Congratulations. Your games will be, up! like we're out we have to cover the olympics
1: that's it um mr mika any i i saw you tweet the other day about group projects and how unfair they are do you realize that group projects just prepare you for the actual world where you have to drag people's ass ask greg he drags me every week
3: <laughs> you're really you're really poking the bear here ryan you know that right
1: I, I, I'm i here. That's what, what do you want me to do? I'm hosting a show.
2: Yeah. Free agency was three weeks ago. What are you, you going to do? I have nothing. No, um,
1: if, no. if, you want a, if you want an
2: actual Ranger question to bail you out of this, not good question that Ryan just asked. I have got, I got you covered. Okay, do one. Uh, Go ahead. What um the, the Rangers, we've talked about how much they're going to be almost essentially the exact same team on paper, with the exception of uh, – a new fourth-line winger, a new Jack Johnson in the mold of Mark Stahl, and maybe one other new left-handed defenseman. Is there, Are there current Rangers that you want to see put in situations that will challenge their games and allow the Rangers to learn more about them on the fly? Like for me personally, something I've talked about on this podcast too many times to count, but it feels like it's being set up for this year. I am dying to see Adam Fox on the penalty kill. And while I know the Rangers are going to look the exact same next year, That is one thing they can do to be different. Is there something in that vein you think the Rangers should be doing to appear different even with the same pieces?
3: That's a good question. Um, The two things that stand out to me are, number one, like the kind of idea that D'Angelo floats to the left side, and we'll see how he does there. Like that could be a huge, uh, like huge, I don't know, audition or whatever you want to call it. Um, because it's, you know, the Rangers are so stacked on the right side with right-handed defensemen, where it's like, okay, you know, you have Truba with an immovable contract. You have Fox who God willing will give us McDonough years, And it's like, almost like D'Angelo is like, almost like the odd man out and is like not long, but if he can play serviceably on the left side, that'll change, that'll change a lot of things. Um, so if they, if they actually do, like move D'Angelo to the left and he, you know, that'll be huge whether he can do it or not or whatever. Um, That's one thing. The other thing is Hedl where it's like the Rangers have these, like, if we're, if, you know, if we're thinking like long-term how Hedl does next year, like, could like, you know, be this huge linchpin because let's say, again, let's say Strom signs a one-year deal and in any event he'll be gone next summer, you know, it's, like, okay, and the Rangers are going to shift gears to, be, to like, open that window of contention next summer. It's like, okay, are we dealing with Zibanejad, who's the first center, and then, like, can he play a second center? Is he going to be still the third center with upside? I mean, he's granted, he's still young. He's 21. Um, but it, that could – and then, you know, of course, you have Zibanejad, who's then going to be a year away. So, like, there's, like, this, like, butterfly effect with, like, how the Rangers are going to deal with their centers going forward to the next one, two, three years. And I, I, re- I really do think that if Heedle just, like, takes this huge step and it's like, okay, window can open next year and Heedle can be the number two center, that's going to, like, be, like, door A. But if it's like, eh, you know, he's 21, he didn't, he's kind of conservatively growing, like he didn't take a huge step, we'll put him on the third center to open the window next summer, that'll be, like, door B. So those are the two linchpins as far as, like, the long-term – you know, what are, you know, what is our decision process going to be? Those are like two of like the huge, like, you know, if D'Angelo thrives on the left side versus he, he can't cut it um, or he heedles like, oh yeah, he can be a second center, you know, 18 months from now versus like, no, we have to treat him like a third center, you know, until he proves otherwise. Those could be huge pivotal moments as far as the Rangers and all their options that open up next summer.
1: I think that's it for me, Gregory. Great oh, final... that,
3: now you don't want him to talk about group projects. No,
1: I'm good. I think that was a great final question. Do you have anything else you'd like to ask our dear friend Meek? I
3: I hate I, I I cannot tell you how much I hate group projects. Like I,
1: no, tell I, me. I cannot tell you. <laughs> I hate them. It's just the uh, real world, man. You got to drag people that suck all the time. I will uh,
2: I will just I will just. You, add you're just
1: these, trying
3: uh, to get me to like get angry. I'm like you shouldn't be doing that because I've had a few drinks. I had, I, like I
1: had, uh, I had this conversation the other day and I was like, Hmm, cause I was on your side, but then I was like, wait a second. That is the real world. So there oh my you go. foot times? Uh, I'm going to ring your neck
3: Ryan. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Like someday I'm going to find I you. Be. I'm in Philadelphia. You can find me. I'm hanging out. Come chill. <laughs> we'll have a cup. That's it.
2: What was, uh, Mika, what was the beer of choice tonight? Or was it, was it a hard liquor kind of night? no no no
1: it's uh blue
3: moon oh you know, the classic it, yeah you know i mean it's like it's half mainstream but it's also like you know not piss beer so yeah
1: i get it all right man thanks so much for coming on chat a little bit of rangers with us and uh i'm sure we'll uh talk to you sometime soon uh, probably on the coms, and uh also in, on, on this stupid little podcast sometime in the future
3: brian leg <laughs> i'm your biggest fan <laughs>
1: <laughs> you asshole. All right. See what you did there. I'll talk to you later, <laughs> man. Bye. <laughs> hey, we're back. Our good friend, Mika. What a, what a gem. Always a good time talking to him. Wonderful guy. All right. We're going to do some five-star questions. Um, And if you want to leave a five-star question, you can go to iTunes, leave a five-star review on the show. We'll read them on the show. That's how it works. dude. every week. And uh, let's get right into it. Shall we? This is from a uh, Rangers fan rock again. Uh, it says my favorite podcast host, can the Red Wings be interested in offer fielding offers for Dylan Larkin I feel like he's a great piece for the Rangers to go after what do you think it would take to get him I feel like Dylan Larkin is very young and according to google.com he's 24 which is not the uh he's past his prime as Fitz would say the salary is 5.7 million dollars um I don't feel like there's a way they can do that unless it's like Strom in a pick and I'm not sure that Detroit's going to be willing to trade uh a player like that for Strom in a pick
2: Well, the idea behind the trade would be that the Redskins still aren't close to being competitive, right? Yep. So you would think that maybe you can get a guy who is still in his prime, still has a a handful of more years in his prime, and you can get him at value. Three more years reasonably priced. I just don't think it's a move the Red Wings make. Agree with this year. I think maybe. I think the red, this year specifically, the red, red Wings will keep them. They're going to be better this year because they simply just signed actual hockey players to, you know, fill their roster, unlike last year. Um, I don't think they will entertain trading Larkin until next year's 2021 22's deadline at the absolute earliest. And even then, I just think Larkin's a piece that you would like to build around. He's kind of like a, it's like the hockey version of Michael Conforto. <laughs> Give it <an> even.
0: <laughs> what? Why? I just
2: said.
1: Uh, it's funny because um, I've tried to think of what the hockey version of Michael Conforto is, and I I would I wasn't thinking Dylan Larkin. Does he have that? Okay? I think he's Dylan
2: Larkin. Oh, okay. Because like, he's he's not like when I, when I say Conforto, it's like he's not a star al- among the league, right? He's very. But he's good. He's an all-star caliber player who's very good that would make every team better. Correct. But he's not. He's not good enough where you're going to get three top prospects for him, but he's not bad enough where you're thinking of trading him either. So it's like he's he's a he's whatever that next star. There's star, right? And then there's that next level down that is it's better than very good, but it's not star. And that's like the Conforto level that Dylan Larkin is on.
1: Okay, this is from State of Course. Uh, what's next is for Alexis? Okay, so you're 19 years old. You live in Canada. You just became the number one overall pick. This sounds like somebody I know. And you have to relocate to New York. Does mom and dad pack up shop and move? Uh, this question keeps going, but I want to interrupt myself and say they live in a mansion that's most likely a gigantic hotel. I do not believe they're moving. Is he going to move in with a ranger? Moving like the owner, like Sid did? I wonder if Dylan knows who Alexis is. <laughs> or Lexi, sorry. Um... If you could choose a ranger for him to shack up with, who would it be? Who would it definitely not be? Also, Ryan, just try and say, Septuaginiran? Uh, do it. Love you guys. K, bye. I tried. Okay. Um. So, Kako for last year, for example, shacked up with Brandon Smith. That was sort of like the uh, the mentorship this time. I do believe JD said he could live with him already. Uh, and I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm assuming that's something like that will happen. Or... He'll live on his own because he's number one overall pick. He's got nice money now. I'm not sure.
2: I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. I. It's not like it's very different for an international player, right? Like Kako, this is a foreign country. This is somewhere that he is completely new to. But let's be honest. It's, it's not the world's biggest leap to go from Canada to the U.S. Like, you're losing your health care. That's about all you're losing. Everything else is just about the same. Uh, both places, not exactly utopias at this point in time. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know who I would want him to live with. Truba? I feel like Truba is wonderful, but Truba's got a young family of his own or is trying to start a young family. So it's not like he's in a position. Where he would want a 19-year-old teammate just checking right. up and just, just chilling hanging around his house anymore. Yeah. Um, but for like from a mentorship standpoint, Truba would be great. Uh I don't if know like, if I would want anyone living with Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider, I don't I know I what
1: don't... happens at his house. I think it's yeah,
2: it, it changes drastically. House, but it's just like I don't know if you want to expose someone to whatever just weird lifestyle Crider has. You could. I would buy any story from Chris Kreider's life outside of hockey. You could tell me that guy lives in the woods without electricity. I'd be like, that makes perfect sense. Or you could tell me that guy literally lives in a library. And I'd be like, that makes perfect sense. Or you could tell me that guy is the Tiger King. And I'd be like, you know what? That makes perfect sense. I could definitely see him being a
1: tiger. 100%.
2: No doubt about Any story with Chris Kreider. I'm believing you. I'm not asking questions. I'm just assuming that is the truth. Uh, so I, I don't know if I would want Lafreniere in that household. Uh, Butchnevich feels like it would be hilarious. I don't know why. Um, because it would just mostly... be like sitting on the couch and like looking over,
1: It'd be like, "Hey." <laughs> there'd be a lot of what's up? there'd be a <laughs> lot of
2: good morning messages in Russian left in magnets on the fridge.
1: There you go. That was good.
2: There'd be Russian, that was a Russian word joke, of the day. Nice
1: job. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Uh, but yeah, he's he's the number one overall pick. I'm pretty sure he's going to get to do. Whatever the hell he wants to do. Yeah. And I think I
1: and Montreal yeah, isn't Finland, you know, or not, not Montreal, sorry. Canada. That's my point.
2: Like he's yeah. he's coming to a country where he has familiarity. Kako came here complete fish out of the water. So like that that's a situation where you need someone to give him a kind of guiding hand. I think Lafreniere can figure it out, is my point.
1: Uh this question is from from slash nine seven six nine. Nice. Um it's pretty long winded. And he even says this is a long-winded. So I'm gonna go right to his question. Uh he he asks, What are your guys' origin stories and when did the love and obsession start for you? Uh Ryan, are you reading this out loud? Yes I am. Greg, and also uh I would love to hear your Mets story. For me, as an eight year old, I once spent the opening weekend after the World Series in eighty six uh in Philly as the same at the, as the same hotel as the Mets. So much Coke a cola for me. Ryan, good luck to your Rays. Keep entertaining speculation and information on what's come with the blue shirts, praise be and thank you. I think we've gone over this before, but I grew up uh, a Ranger fan. I remember watching the game when I was like five years old. It was at my dad's house. Surprise. Oh, no, it was an apartment. I don't want to give him credit. Um, and I think that the game was on and I was super pumped. I had a Brian Leach poster over my bed when I was a kid. Found out of luck, out a of love of hockey in high school and then fell back in love around like 2011, 2012. And that's just the whole story.
2: Um, yeah, with the Rangers specifically for me, My dad didn't care about hockey, still doesn't care about hockey. Um, So it was kind of just a passing fancy for me to have in the winter months between Mets games. Uh, The Mets, my dad was just diehard Mets fan, so I grew up a diehard Mets fan. No one would have ever known. (laughs) Yeah, that that one is so much simpler. Uh, I I wasn't really big into the Rangers until I got to college, and then I interned with MSG. And I would say I became a lot more interested in the Rangers during that internship because it was my job to become a lot more interested in the Rangers during that internship. Right. And since uh, Greg
1: worked at MSG, uh, we have a yep. great relationship with them. And they love Fantastic.
2: us. Absolutely. Uh, they should. <laughs> we don't say bad things about MSG. That's the crazy thing.
1: I know. We defend MSG pretty often. But, uh, you know, I reached out again about uh, having Alexi, some guy number one over pick on this. And the the, the exact quote was, mm, I think we're okay. uh we'll try again you know in the future they love us we'll get get along really well so interesting
2: yeah i don't don't it's it's not a sexy story it's just the more you are exposed to the behind the scenes of an organization i think the more you become interested in that organization i had a good experience so i wanted to learn more and become a bigger ranger fan big bang boom
1: all right. Uh, this question is from Casey from Boston. Greg and Ryan, thanks for maintaining the podcast over many, many months. Cheers to five years! Though I haven't been with you for the very uh, from the very start. I started listening after the 2017 draft, and it's been a Tuesday morning requirement from that listen ever since. I'm seriously uh, to go out of reading this question. That is unbelievable. I think that makes you some someone that's put on a list. But I thank you so much for doing this. Um, ever since I listened to that, I'm perplexed about the Seattle expansion draft coming up. Not for one reason or another, but because I believe past behavior leads to future actions. This all leads me to my point about the expansion. At the time of the Vegas expansion, John Davidson, as president of CBJ, not only gave up William Carlson, but also a first-rounder to uh, to incentivize his selection. Would a bonehead move like this happen again, but this time would it be from the NYR roster? Am I insane for thinking this way? Would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is hilarious. Maybe getting hockey stat man or an OT would help ease my mind on this. Thanks. Well, I got great news. <laughs> I think we eased your mind earlier. Uh, I th- I do think Howden is sort of the go to pick right now for the expansion draft.
2: Well, I, it's not just that. I think it's giving Davidson more credit than he would want in regards to that Carlson expansion draft trait. Like John Davidson, I think in his role as president is willing to help lay the groundwork for what he wants the organization to do certain players, he values, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I don't think it was John Davidson's brainchild to do that trade. I think Yarmo Kekalainen had free reign to do what he thought was right and what he envisioned would help his team. And if he had a question for John Davidson, I think Davidson would be more than happy to weigh in, but that was and, and maybe this is me just trying to push blame or responsibility away from John Davidson, which is totally possible because I'm a homer apparently, though I am too negative. So I can't keep up with the criticism. I'm so confused. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I, I think I, I it would be like saying, um, it would be like giving Hal Steinbrenner too much credit for something Brian Cashman did or didn't do. Like we're all comfortable that Brian Cashman is able to do what he wants when he wants. And I think Yarmo Kekalainen we saw that time and time again when he wanted to keep Bobrovsky and Panarin to go for one last playoff run, knowing totally well that he was probably losing both those players in free agency. I think Kekalainen had the the confidence of John Davidson to do just about carte blanche. So I wouldn't like, sure, it's it's something to keep in the back of your mind if the Rangers do something interesting when it comes to the expansion draft. But I I am I'm pretty certain that Yarmo was able to do what he wanted to. And that Yarmo Kekalainen felt like that was a deal that was helping his organization.
1: Next question is from La Tanaka. It's, hey, Ryan Greg, love the podcast. This is about third Jersey's G- next captains, which I know we love to talk about. I know this was covered in the last pod. What do you guys think the chances are the NYR go with three A's this year? And uh, and then see if making Laf captain in 2021 makes sense. I want to get this out of the way right now because this question is longer. There's no way. Lafreniere would be captain in the next year. Like it's just, it's not about that at that point. I don't think they would make a player that's even, even with the talent that Lafreniere has. And even if he's going to be the best player on this team for years to come, I, can you remember a second year captain ever in any sport, Gregory ever? I don't think I mean, so. Sid,
2: Sid got to see pretty quickly. I think Eichel got the see pretty quickly. I think
1: Sid's like a different breed. I don't know.
2: Yeah, but it, I don't know. I don't think we have to worry. I think worrying about who wears the C and who doesn't wear the C is the same as worrying about what the third jersey is going to look like for the New York Rangers. Right. I just thought, react, I, react to it when it happens. Don't I don't give a shit what happens before that. I, just I don't I hope
1: I hope they have a third jersey. and I hope it's absolutely wild. But I know the Rangers and they won't do it. I don't think Lafreniere is going to be captain next year. And uh, I do think it'll be me or Crider to sort of answer your question again. And it would be nice to have a third third again if it's not the Liberty or something else. Again, I want it to be insane. It will never be insane. I, I saw the Ducks one that's, like, jumping off ice, and it looks terrible, but I kind of love it, although all might be. Um, next question is from ADB1680. Hey, guys, big fan of the podcast. Whenever I read Corey Promen's analysis and scouting reports on the Rangers' prospect, everyone except Keandre Miller seems to include some version of the phrase makes up for average skating with great hockey sense. Do the Rangers have a particular preference for skill over athleticism, or is it just hard to find guys who are truly great skaters? Thanks, Alex. I think this is a tremendous question and very informational. But the, And I think we've mentioned this before, Gregory, but one thing we talked about a lot is it seems it's really hard to find great skaters. And I think even Corey said that on the podcast where it's like finding good skating is sort of hard at the NHL level. And that's, that's what, if, if, if all these players developed this quote unquote great skating ability, they would become elite players, but it's really hard to get there. A lot of people have average skating and then their other skills make up for, or what, what compromise of what them becoming an NHL player is. Does that sort of make sense?
2: Yeah, I also think it's like not everyone in the NFL can run a four four forty, right? Like the the four four, and we saw Jesus Christ, did we see this with DK Metcalf? Last that was night? incredible, man! I it, on, believe unreal. It. He 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 did that from like a dead stop too. It's he's a, he's
1: it, a robot. It was LeBron Uh like the the yeah, block. It,
2: it, someone someone made the comment after game that like. DK Metcalf ended that insane game with two catches and 26 yards and was still the only thing we could talk about. Um, I, I I do think of skating in in the regards – like if if we were talking about people who are fast in the NFL or people who – like Derrick Henry doesn't run a 4-4-40, but he makes up for his lack of breakout speed with just being a brick shithouse that you can't tackle. So like there, there are – with every player – there's, an ele- There's something else you could be doing in your game to make up for a lack of another element, like five tool players, right? Not everyone is going to have every tool, but if one of your tools is exceptional, it'll make up for your worst tool available. Um, and I, it, when we think of skating, we think of you know just going in a straight line very fast or having elusiveness and stuff like that. Obviously, it's much more technical, than either you and I understand. And it's a lot more technical than I think a lot of people understand. Um, But you also, it's one of those things where you know it when you see it. I think it's what I test people like to point out the most. Um, But it's, I also just think like skating is a catch-all phrase with NHL prospects, it feels like. Because just about, if, if you really wanted it to, anything could really fall under skating. If you're trying to, say a generalization about someone's on ice performance.
1: Right. Cause it's not just the speed or the, the agility you have, you could just like combine that all into skating and then you can really kind of criticize it as far as you want. It's it's, so it it goes, it's, it's,
2: it's, you see it a lot because it's an easy catchphrase. It's, it's vague enough where none of us really know what you're talking about, but it's also general enough where we have a good idea as to what you kind of mean. Right, so it's it's like something you say where if you say it, I can't say for sure you're wrong because I'm not even sure what you're saying. So you're saying enough of something where I guess you're right. <laughs> Welcome
1: to I think you described the podcast. And anyway, on that note, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna end. Uh, we'll be back uh, later this week. Uh, send us things you want to talk us to talk about on BSBOT or any weird topics you want us to cover. We'll be back then. Uh, love you guys. Follow me at tw- on Twitter at mean Follow Greg at Bullshit Break. Bye.